Holy disrespect, Batman. Boy, it just is amazing. The lack of respect for Ohio State and a chance to win given by the media and the country at large against Clemson coming up in the Fiesta Bowl later this month. Welcome back to Locked on Buckeyes, your only daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. I am your host, Kyle Lamb. Thank you for giving us a listen. If I sound a little off today, I I feel a little off. I apologize for what's going to be a slightly abbreviated episode. Um, I'm not feeling the greatest, a little bit under the weather. The show must go on, so I'm powering through it. But it is a slightly shorter episode than you're probably accustomed to. But we got plenty to talk about. The award circuit is wrapping up here this week. Ohio State getting snubbed all over the place. I'll discuss that. As I said, the lack of respect. Ohio State not getting any of it and not given much of a chance to win against Clemson. We'll talk about that as well. And a new playoff scenario, expansion. We just talked about it yesterday, but there's a hard uh, actual direct report that we might be going to eight teams very soon. I'll tell you what that means and what the proposal is looking like. Locked on Buckeyes on your favorite podcasting platform. Give us a listen. Apple iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8 if you want to hit me up and discuss any of these things, the scenarios, or any of the news we're talking about today. Locked on Buckeyes is brought to you by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye, licensed in 33 states, and more on the way. Check them out at JFQ Lending. Dot com. It's almost getting comical at this point. The lack of respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me, that Ohio State is getting from the media and the country at large. Did I take crazy pills? Am I losing my mind? Uh, did I not just watch one of the most dominant regular seasons in college football history? And yet, you would think Ohio State is chopped liver. The uh, the number of people predicting Clemson to win without any regard for Ohio State having a chance to win is, is absolutely incredible. It's, it's mind-boggling. I, I saw CBS staff picks, cbssports.com. Every single one of the writers, seven or eight of them, or however many there, there were, every single one of them, pick Clemson to beat Ohio State. Now, look, I'm not suggesting that CBS writers got together and all said, hey, let's all just pick Clemson to troll Ohio State fans. I'm sure that each and every one of them individually have their reasons for picking Clemson. But my goodness, people, this is like a one or two point spread right now. Did you not watch Ohio State all year long? What are you watching that makes everybody convinced that Ohio State is not going to win this game? I expect that from the ESPN folks because they just they know how to push buttons. It's a business for them. Look, everybody knows ESPN likes to push buttons. They like to troll. It's it's not Okay, l- let me stop myself before I go any further. It's not that they don't have an SEC bias because they do own and run the SEC network. So we would be foolish not to 
assume that that plays at least a small role. But I, I truly think that ESPN is not necessarily guilty of hating on Ohio State or the Big Ten, but they do know where their bread is buttered, and they know Ohio State and the Big Ten equals ratings, equals eyeballs, which equals dollars. They know these things, and so they like to push buttons. So I expect it a little bit from ESPN. And I know some of you will say, well, CBS obviously has a contract with SEC, so there, there's your SEC bias. But some of these people, Tom Fernelli, for instance, is a guy that I follow on Twitter, has always been fair with Ohio State, and he's picking Clemson. And he's one of the guys that truly respects Ohio State. If you go back through his timeline, you'll see all season long, he likes and respects Ohio State, has always been really big on their performance. But he's one of every single CBS writer that picked Clemson to win. It's... the award circuit, Chase Young did win the Bednarik Award for the best defensive player. But Okuda got snubbed. Dobbins got snubbed. Fields, we knew he would get snubbed because, as I joked on Twitter, he's becoming Joe Burrow's wingman at these circuit awards. You knew that was going to happen. You knew Burrow was going to clean up and win all the awards because he's so far above and beyond every other quarterback in the country, statistically and in perception. I guess Fields actually has pretty good stats. The problem with Fields is he doesn't have the aggregate yardage to keep up with Burrow. And I'm not even saying that Fields deserves it over Burrow. I actually do think Burrow deserves it. So I'm not worried or complaining about that. But it's it's not just some of these guys like Okuda not winning the Thorpe award. It's not just Dobbins, not winning, you know, winning the running back over Taylor, winning the the award over Taylor, you know, in a vacuum, some of these can be justified and rationalized, but it's that Ohio state is losing almost every single one of them outside of chase young. And it just feels like the way it's presented. It's it, Ohio state must just be, I, I can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I want to go back. I've done this a lot on the show. You you know how much effort I put into analytics and also just context, historical context for how good this Ohio State team. But I want to remind people, because this is the most mind-blowing anecdote that I could possibly give you for why people need to be giving Ohio State more attention. Really, they need to put some respect on Ohio State's name. Because this is not just some Buckeye Homer podcaster saying, oh my gosh, Ohio State is being disrespected again. You know, they're so great. They're the best team ever. It's, it's not just like that. It, it, the numbers corroborate it. I'm going to give you an example. Since 1975, and I'm picking 1975 because that is the start of the NCAA scholarship limit era. 1975 is the year that, that scholarships went into play. I've mentioned this on the show before. That's, that's why I like to use 1975. There is a rhyme and a reason for why I'm picking that year. Since the start of the implementation of scholarship limits, there have been a total of 62, count them, 62 teams that from major conferences, or we'll call them major conference teams, and I'm including the days of the independence too, 
as long as they are now regarded as major programs and always have been and played a major schedule. There have been 62 teams that went undefeated in the regular season, and I'm counting conference championships as part of the regular season. 62 teams, okay? Ohio State this year, running all 13 games of the regular season plus the Big Ten championship without a single-digit game is one of only six. One, two, three, four, five, six teams since 1975 that have gone unbeaten in the regular season without a single, single, single-digit game. So Ohio State ran the table without a single game played in the single digits. That's only been done six times. Florida State did it in 2013, but the interesting thing about that is Ohio State did it with 13 games against FBS opponents. Florida State only had 12 that year. So Ohio State is the first to do it 13 times in the regular season. Florida State only did it 12, as well as the other teams I'm going to name, which were Nebraska in 1995, Nebraska in 1994, Florida in 1995, and West Virginia in 1988. That's it. Those are your six teams right there that have done it. Going undefeated in the regular season, undefeated slash untied, and winning every game by double digits. Only six times has that happened, Ohio State being the sixth since 1975 out of 62 undefeated teams. What's more is of those six teams that have done it, Ohio State is the only one to have beaten five, one, two, three, four, five, five ranked teams in the season. In fact, there are only 11 total teams out of all of the 62 that have gone undefeated in the regular season. Only 11 have beaten five ranked teams total or more. The record of, of that group is actually LSU in 2011 beat eight. Alabama in 2016 beat seven. Michigan in 1997 beat six. And Ohio State is one of seven teams to have beaten five in a season that have gone undefeated. So Ohio State this season, five wins against ranked teams. The only one of six teams to win every single game in the regular season by double digits and beat five ranked teams. So it's incredible what this Ohio State team has done. Truly historic. They have had one of the greatest regular seasons in college football history. That is not just an Ohio State podcaster saying that. That is the truth. But if you listen to the national media, if you read the read the editorials, the message boards, social media, you would be convinced Ohio State has no chance to beat the mighty Clemson. It is incredible. It really, truly is amazing, a sight to behold. The level of disrespect that the media and everybody else has for this Ohio State team. And I hate to come on and and talk about this because I feel like I'm Dabo Swinney. He's ridiculous with the all the, ah, golly gee, nobody respects Clemson. They, they want us out of the playoff. Dabo, have, have you looked around right now? Are you looking at the predictions? Everybody in the world outside of the state of Ohio is predicting you 
to beat Ohio State. Everybody. I have yet to see an analyst nationally so far, and I'm not saying that they don't exist. Maybe they do. I just haven't seen them. But I have not seen a single one pick Ohio State to beat Clemson so far. It's really insane. I cannot explain it. I really can't. It's a, it's a lack of respect for Ohio State, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think Ohio State has some business to take care of, and I, I think people are going to be shocked at what they see on December 28th. Coming up, we'll be back with some more Ohio State-Clemson discussion. If you're planning to go to Arizona to watch Ohio State-Clemson, surprise, surprise, you better check a third-party dealer because you are not going to find a ticket through traditional means as they are all sold out. Both the general allotment and also each individual school allotments have been sold. So that means you need to find yourself on StubHub or any number of third-party second-hand dealers for tickets. Uh, they're going to be pricey. I'm sure I haven't looked at the prices, but I'm guessing you're going to have to pay a, a cool several hundred dollars just to get in if you're going out to Arizona. Um, I'm hearing Clemson fans, and uh, surprise, surprise, I know we're talking about the irrationality of, of Clemson and Clemson homers, uh, Clemson supporters, Clemson media, whatever, but I'm hearing some of them talking about this being a 50-50 game. Even in 2016, I mean, wasn't it like 65-35 in favor of Ohio State? Uh, Ohio State takes over Glendale as they customarily take over every other place in the world. Sorry, Clemson, this is going to be a decidedly Ohio State crowd. I would put this in the neighborhood of probably 70%. I'm kind of thinking with Clemson being a little, as defending champs being, uh, I'm not sure how to put this the right way, but maybe taking this for granted just a little bit, don't you think a lot of Clemson fans are thinking we're going to beat Ohio State? Let's plan on going to New Orleans where we'll face LSU. I kind of think that's going to happen. I really believe that Ohio State is probably going to have a bigger crowd advantage this time around than in 2016. I'm, I'm kind of banking on that. So I think it's going to be 70-30, maybe even 75-25 Ohio State. But if you are planning to go to Arizona you're going to have to hit the secondary market because this game is all sold out. Uh, man, it's. I wish this game would get here, honestly, because the more I read the clippings, the headlines, the exaggerations, the propping up of Clemson, it just it's kind of irritating. As a college football fan, just ignoring the Ohio State angle for a second, it's really kind of annoying that this team is being propped up to the incredible levels. Sure, they had a great season. Don't get me wrong. I, The last week or so, I'm not trying to say Clemson is all overrated. You know, you get into that thing where they're terrible, they haven't played anybody. Just because they haven't played anybody doesn't mean they're not a great team. Clemson is a really good team. All I have been trying to say the last couple weeks is if you dig deeper and you look past the competition, there are some places on this team that can be exploited and it's been hidden it's been masked because they haven't played anybody good 
So I still think I, Clemson is most definitely a top four team. They belong in the playoff. There's no doubt in my mind that they're better than Georgia, Oregon, Utah, some of the teams that got left out. But when it comes to Clemson or Ohio State, there is also little doubt in my mind that Ohio State is the better team. Will that manifest itself on December 28th? We don't know. Look, I, I can't predict the future. I can't promise the result. But looking at this game objectively, analytically, I absolutely believe in the back of my mind that Ohio State is a better team, and I think it's going to show on December 28th. Coming up, last segment, real quick note on the college football playoff. It's funny, we mentioned this yesterday, and a new report has surfaced about what may transpire with the next incarnation of the college football playoff. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, if you get what I'm saying. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the U.S. of A., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Give it a try. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Buckeyes. It's kind of funny timing. Just yesterday, we were uh, musing the 16-team playoff proposal by my bookie which was not really a real proposal it was more of a fantasy thing but we were discussing it in jest and it was I had just got done saying it's that time of year where all the the crazy expansion proposals for college football playoff come out and then lo and behold on Thursday an actual real report about the future of the college football playoff did surface this coming from Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger noted that he spoke with an anonymous athletic director who said there actually is a specific proposal that's making the rounds with commissioners and athletic directors. And he said this proposal would be an 18 playoff model. There would be five automatic bids, one group of five automatic bid that being the best group of five team, and then two at large bids. The only thing that I did not like about this proposal is instead of the assumption that the first round would be play on, played on home field sites, this proposal suggests that when the playoff model takes shape, it would be comprised of the four first round games being incorporated with the existing N- NY6 bowls, the semifinal being the other two bowls, which they would rotate once every three years among those six bowls, and then the championship would be played also on a neutral site with a new uh, branded bowl that would have a sponsor 
and who knows what they would call it, but it would basically become a new bowl and it would rotate among different sites. I assume, I believe that's the way they are planning it. But so you're looking at all three rounds be played on neutral sites. Now I'm not crazy about this. I can live with it, but I would prefer that first game be played on home field sites of the better seed. Now I will say this, there has been some hand wringing about this proposal since it came out on Thursday, namely playing three straight games against big time opponents. And we saw what happened to Ohio state. Now I will add this though. Ohio State did play three straight top 10 type of opponents in three consecutive weeks, and it most definitely had an impact on them. Against Wisconsin, they were spent, they were drained physically and emotionally. That's certainly a rough go. But in this college football playoff expansion model, eight teams, I don't believe that would come into play for a couple reasons. Number one, if the college... Uh, or if the conference championships are played the first Saturday of December, as they customarily are already, I'm guessing the first round would be played the third Saturday of December, which would give two weeks off between conference championships and playoffs. The semifinals I anticipate would be played right around January 1st in most years. That's giving you roughly eight to 12 days between games. And then the national championship game would be played on the first Monday after the second Sunday, something along those lines, which would give you another eight to 12 game or days off between the semifinal and the championship game. So I'm okay with this. I'm glad it's going to eight. It appears according to Ross Dellinger that whenever they decide to formalize this plan, it would take effect two years from whenever it's formalized. So if it were done this off season, then we'd have two more years of the four team model. And then we would go to eight. I like the 18 model for a number of reasons. I said yesterday on the show, I think it's the best thing for college football, not just whether or not you believe I, I understand some of you think it would ruin the regular season. I don't think there's much, uh, there's much to say about ruining the regular season, but I understand it wouldn't enhance it. But I do think from an entertainment standpoint, it does improve the game, even if you don't think it enhances the meaning of the regular season. So that's why I'm all in on eight. Would rather see home field sites be incorporated into this model. But if this is what it takes to get us here, I'm all on board. Woo, woo, let's leave the station. That's going to wrap it up for Locked on Buckeyes. Again, apologize for the abbreviated edition today. Feeling a little bit under the weather. Had to power through it. We'll be back on Monday with our typical full full show, full steam ahead, previewing Ohio State Clemson. Also, we'll talk some Ohio State basketball as they face the Golden Gophers on Sunday. Locked on Buckeyes, your only five-day-a-week football and basketball podcast covering Ohio State. Find us on your favorite platform. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Catch the show at Locked on Buckeye. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday, everybody.